classes. And if you want to be relatively competitive, I swim about 10,000 yards a week, seven to 10. I bike anywhere from 120 to as much as 250 miles a week. A peak week I'll do, especially if I'm focused on um, an Ironman race, I'll, I'll bike two weeks of 200 miles, 250 miles back to back. And I average about 30 to 40 miles a week running. And so how do you like manage with all that with life? <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> it's funny. That, I mean, it it comes it comes with the sacrifice. I mean, I I don't I a lot of the social things that other people do, I don't do. My my social life is my time with my kids and my training. Most of my friends are triathletes as well, and they understand my commitment to my training. I'm single right now. Welcome to the Purposeful Fitness with Coach Ola, where I dive in deeper into holistic health and fitness topics that would help you stay inspired, motivated, and dedicated to living a purposeful fit life while pursuing for the akhirah. Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 45 with Coach Ola. I am so excited to finally be able to get this episode together and out as it was recorded back in the summer 2019. I'm so honored to have Khadija on the show, who is a mother, a project manager, and a Team USA, and a Silver Ironman all-world triathlete. Her mission is to promote a positive image of Muslim women and Islam in general through sport. She and I talked about different brands that she represents. One of them is the Asia Sport Hijab and the Asia Company, which I love as well. We, I mentioned myself that I ordered these swim hijab in the summer, which I have been swimming in and I love it. And so if you're looking for a swim hijab, Asia got you covered. So without further ado, this episode we talked about her first triathlon, how to go about it her experience as a Muslim woman in hijab, how sometimes it can be a little bit difficult. We also talked about her time management, how she is able to do it all at once, and of course, much more. Before we get started, I would like to remind you there is a Ramadan prep guide called the Purposeful Ramadan Prep Guide. You can find in the show notes. It's meant to help you be able to be prepared in just five days. It includes a goal setting, reflection, and a workout plan that you can follow along. And I hope that you're able to find it beneficial to find your purpose again, to be purposeful in what you do. Without further ado, let's welcome our guest for today. Hey, salam alaikum Khadija. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Walaikum salam. Alhamdulillah. Fine, fine. How are you? Alhamdulillah. And I'm super excited as before we talked the recording about your training. So I cannot wait to get and dive in deeper. Dive in. Get it? Swimming. <laughs> dive. <laughs> oh my gosh. But I'm so, bump. <laughs> I know. Well, I just came from the pool. So that's even funnier. <laughs> So Khadija, would you please tell us about yourself and what you currently do? I am a, first of all, a Muslima. I'm a mom. I am a mother of 10. I have three adopted children and three, I hate to say adopted, I say gifted, but people always ask what the gifted is. And I have seven biological children. I am an engineer by education and I work as a project manager at a local energy company. MashaAllah, how do you do all of this? 
<laughs> no, that's mashallah. Like that's like life goals right there. And about adopting kids, like as actually one of my friends and I were talking about it, and we said if we never get kids, we're gonna adopt. Kids. <laughs> and there's so many kids out there that need yes. that need yeah. a family. There's kids out there that you know they want to stay together, and maybe social services is going to separate them. These children just happen to come into my life, and I love them to death. I, even when we're together, we don't even we don't differentiate between the biological and the non-biological. They're they're my children. Yeah, so. that actually that actually inspired me a lot because first of all, number one, there are women out there who cannot get married or not cannot, but like are not married, so maybe they want children and. There's an opportunity. Number two, there are people who I've talked to or know that have a hard time, like, actually, you know, with the whole pregnancy, fertility yeah. thing. And then three, the process is of itself a bit difficult. So I know that's not, like, the topic for today, but do you want to briefly talk? Because in the USA, it's probably different than, like, other world, other place in the world. Mm-hmm. So how is the process to adopt children? Well, it this wasn't, like, a formal adoption through an agency or anything. I knew the family. I knew the kids. And they they just ended up staying with me. They called me mom or uh, sister Khadija or mom Khadija. And they just, you know, grew up and graduated from high school with me. And it's funny, the oldest of of the three, he's actually more protective of me than all my children. <laughs> That's so sweet. Yeah, Hassan is, yeah, they're, they're just, they're, they're special kids. And the gift was for me. It, I, everybody's like, oh, that's so nice of you. No, 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 the gift was mine. The gift Mellow- was mine. Yes, and may Allah bless all of them. Amin, Ya Rabbi. And so tell us on your first triathlon, when was your first ever try? Oh, that's easy. It was uh, May 2012. <laughs> it was the Iron Girl Triathlon in uh, Lake Lanier, Georgia. And I did it as part of an, an, an initiative for a sorority that I belong to, Gamma Gamma Chi Sorority Incorporated. I was doing a health initiative. And I figured because I, I'm, a, I'm a lifelong swimmer. I've been swimming since I was a kid. I don't remember not swimming. And I ran track in college that a triathlon would be easy. And halfway through the bike, I was questioning my sanity and all my life choices. <laughs> that is so cool. We're like even more related now. First of all, my ever first half marathon was in 2012. My second one is on this coming Sunday. And let's see. Swimming since young kid, yes. And yeah, that's so cool. Oh my gosh. So how did you feel or how did it feel to have completed the first one? Oh, it was exciting. I was way harder than I thought. I, uh, it would be, um, I remember my father-in-law saying, oh, dear God, <laughs> as I was uh, running up the, to the to the finish line. But he was, it was funny because he asked me, you know, when's the next one? That was the first thing he asked me when I, when I crossed the line because he could tell how much I liked it. It was, it was exciting. It was, it was just a sprint, but it was a huge challenge for me. So I came in third to last. <laughs> Mashallah. No, like I did the mini one. So it's like a George Mason inside. So I did like the inside um, swimming and then to the bike and then treadmill running, which isn't really running. <laughs> it is running, but you know how it is on the treadmill. We call it treadmill sometimes. Being on the treadmill sometimes. When I, I mean, you have to. It's yeah, yeah. Schedule. Yeah. But I like how runners sometimes call it treadmill because it does feel like dread. <laughs> yeah, it um, can be mind numbing, but it makes you strong. It And I use it to help with pacing, especially if it's going to be a flat course. It, it forces you to maintain a certain cadence. So it has its place. Right. And then do you want to talk about how it's important to keep the elevation up? Just as a, a little reminder for the listeners. Or do you keep your elevation up or do you keep it like at zero? 
Well, if it, well, I don't keep it at zero because you get shin splints like that. If you right. want to simulate running uh, flat, you keep it at like about 0.5. But what I'll do is I have a treadmill you can actually program in courses. So it'll go up and down based on the course. That's good. Yeah, I just want to make sure that our listeners understand that, that how important it is to keep it at a high elevated elevation for yeah. injury prevention. So for people who might be like me, beginners to um, new triathlon training, what recommendations can you share to help in the training process? I think the main thing is when you get started is a lot of people go overboard. Yeah, and you can you can injure yourself if you're going from zero to 100 too quickly. A lot of people will see triathletes um, just going super fast and or because they've just heard of somebody, they think that they're this phenom and then overnight, you know, they... They were doing triathlons and going crazy fast. Most triathletes, even the young ones, if you speak to them, they've been doing triathlon 10, 15 years by the time they're 30 because it's it's something that you progress at slowly and you're going to have good years and bad years. The main thing is consistency and to focus on your weakness. If you're, I'm a weak, believe it or not, I'm a weak runner. Even though I ran track, I I can run one mile really fast. Oh my gosh, that's what it is, the track. Yeah. I did track and field in high school too. Sorry, continue. No worries. <laughs> but that's, so I, I stay running. Everybody asks me, you know, me oh, too, you out here running. But I run, I run six days a week because that's my weakness. MashaAllah. My pace is actually not that. I'm in a running group with like mom in this town. And I feel so slow compared to the ladies. Like their pace is like 9, 10, or like even faster than that. And here I am like 13, 14, 15. I feel like um, a turtle sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but you just, there's a, oh, it's funny. There's a friend of mine, a lady who trains in Atlanta. She, she wears a Ninja Turtle helmet. She calls herself <laughs> the turtle. She loves turtles, but she, I think her last 70.3, she did it in four hours and change. But she she understands that consistency through each of the disciplines, not necessarily being blazing fast at, at any one point is, is what gets you to the finish line as quickly as possible. Yeah. So. And I was laughing in the beginning when you mentioned people overboard with their training. I just remember your stats on Facebook where you mentioned people like carb load before a 5K race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was this was a little, lady at work. It was funny, and, she, and I was, I was, I was compassionate to the fact she was trying to just make general conversation. A lot of the people at work are really nice about you know asking me about my racing and how things are going. And I did the Atlanta Road Relays, uh, the Atlanta Muslim Running Club. I run with them. I've run with them the past two years, and I was like, oh yeah, it's it's a road relay, and you know it's just a 5K. She's like, oh, so I guess you're carb loading today. I was like, well, no, not too much for. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, actually, but... I was laughing because I actually I was eating pasta that day. I was like, okay, here <laughs> I am, like eating pasta, loading up myself, and then <laughs> I'm feeling guilty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, for the intermediate and advanced athletes, then what are your recommendations for training? I think as as you get more serious, and this is one of the things that I've had to work on, is don't neglect your strength training. I know you're, as you start wanting to do maybe longer distances or just do the shorter distances much faster, you really can't neglect your strength training. 
I, I, last year I neglected it a lot because I had a shoulder injury and my, my, it showed in my results. I had qualified for a lot of big races, but I couldn't perform the way I wanted to because I just didn't have the strength training under my belt. And this year I've been able to get back on my strength training and my results are, they're creeping back to where I, I feel like they should be. So that's, that's very, that's very important. Just be consistent and make sure that you get a good strength trainer. Yes. As I mentioned, yes. And as I mentioned, that's why it's important to invest in a um, sports and conditioning certified trainer mm-hmm. because it is really important, as you mentioned, strength training and cross training as well. Like even for the, my half marathon that I am training for, like I, I include swimming and biking because it's not just like run, run, run. I noticed even with one of my former managers and now friend who's the finish professional we talked about how a lot of runners like avoid that strength training and it can really cause injuries in the long run yeah um, so it is super those, important yeah those repetitive motion injuries will get you and that's one of the great things about triathlon your training is cross training mm-hmm. yeah you know when i had my shoulder injury i couldn't i couldn't ride an arrow arrow position but i could ride my road bike and i did more running and i did a lot of kick drills and stuff like that i just didn't do i couldn't do butterfly i couldn't do any pulling with paddles or anything like that. So that's the good thing about about triathlon. If if you if you can't work on one, you can work on the other. When I had my plantar fasciitis, I was a biking fool. So it's just you know. Yeah. Um. But how how's your body now? Like, is it all shoulder feet? Yeah, my shoulder is feeling great. I've been like I said doing the strength training. I've been doing the physical therapy, and my shoulder feels really good. I haven't. I've hardly had any pain. I still can't sprint on my swims. But I only had one sprint triathlon this year. That that was uh, the Try to Beat Cancer that I just did two weeks ago. And the rest of them are longer races. So sprinting's not an issue. I, I don't really need to sprint. Um, nationals, there's a quick 100 meters to the first buoy where I would, I probably want to sprint. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to worry about it. So that makes me want to ask you a question about as you mentioned, like a sprint triathlon, do you mind if you can tell us what different types of triathlons are out there? Because I know, for example, you mentioned the sprint triathlon. Mm-hmm. I also know there's one that's local. It's like a, a, not a mini mini, but it's like a smaller version. So there are different distances out there. So if we yeah. Have, yeah, let's talk about triathlon in general. So, so there are a plethora of different distances. You have your super sprint, which is usually about two to 300 meter, um, maybe a 10 mile bike and anywhere from two miles to three mile run. You have your sprint, which is generally anywhere from a 500 meter, maybe 400 meter to a 750 meter swim, 15 mile bike and a 5k run. Olympic distance, which is what most people see on TV and what they associate with triathlon. And that is a 1500 meter swim, a 40k bike, which is about 25 miles and a 10k run, 6.2 mile run. The distance that I specialize in is the half Ironman or the 70.3. It's a 1.2 mile swim. 56-mile bike, and a half marathon. ITU long course, which is the distance that I do when I'm representing the United States on the U.S. team, that is a a 3,000-meter swim. It's basically three times the Olympic distance, 3,000-meter swim, 75-mile bike, and 18.6-mile run. And then, of course, you have the the, the Ironman, which is 2.4-mile swim, 112-mile bike, and a full marathon. And I've, I've competed at all of those distances. Mashallah, my eyes are like wide open. Like 
girl how do you do this so tell tell us about your training and how you train because before we record this interview you told me you still have to do more training so tell us a little bit about if somebody wants to dive into it how much time it takes to train well depending on the distance that you're doing and you know how competitive you want to be most competitive triathletes train anywhere from 10 to as much as 20 hours a week in their peak weeks professional triathletes they're probably training anywhere from 15 to 30 hours a week so it's it's a huge commitment especially if you want to do the longer distances and if you want to be relatively competitive i swim about 10,000 yards a week 7 to 10 i bike anywhere from 120 to as much as 250 miles a week a peak week i'll do especially if i'm focused on um an ironman race i'll i'll bike two weeks of 200 miles 250 miles back to back and i average about 30 to 40 miles a week running and so how do you like manage with all that with life <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> it's funny. I mean, it it comes it comes with the sacrifice. I mean, I I don't I a lot of the social things that other people do, I don't do. My my social life is my time with my kids and my training. Most of my friends are triathletes as well, and they understand my commitment to my training. I'm single right now, so I really don't have to worry about uh, a husband or a mate getting upset with me. <laughs> actually a good thing but it's 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 a huge commitment and you most of the people who are successful their partners are triathletes or runners or some type of endurance athlete or they're just truly supportive like i have a one of my friends a younger gentleman he he does he's into marathon running his wife doesn't run but she's super supportive and she's always he, she's always there for him and my friend the one i was telling you about she has the ninja turtle helmet i know her husband runs sometimes but he's not into triathlon like that but they love traveling together to the races takes amazing photos i have some photos that he took when we raced in havana that people still can we can we grab this one because he's he's a he loves to photograph her racing and she's an amazing athlete so that's so cool and i remember talking to another triathlete she mentioned because she's also an entrepreneur a fitness professional runs her own studio and try training Mm-hmm. And so she mentions like nap time is a must in her schedule. So that's one of her ways in keeping her body physically. Yeah, sleep is important. I don't get yes. always get as much as I should. I just can't because of my schedule. But sleep is important. And, and there's certain times in your training when you have to recognize that this missing that workout is 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 less important than getting a couple hours. And I'm I'm fortunate too. My best friend, she's she actually was my run coach for, for a number of years. That's how we met. Sometimes my kids love her to death. She actually keeps them. When I travel overseas, sometimes they'll go to her house and I just zonk out. Or her kids will come, her youngest will come to my house so she can, you know, get some rest. So it's it's nobody does it alone, believe me. <laughs> oh yes. For sure. And I have so many more questions <laughs> added to the list now. So like about diet, how do you, what is your diet? And like, obviously as a Muslim, like with Ramadan training, how do you do all of this? Like what do you usually have for lunch, breakfast and all of it? I've changed my diet a little bit this year, partially because of the government shutdown and the FDA and the whole meat <laughs> So I eat a lot less meat than I used to. If I if I if I don't see it killed, I'm probably not going to eat it. But 
I like Caribbean food, so we eat a lot of rice, beans. My kids love greens. I, I pretty much eat a, a standard diet for lunch because it's kind of hectic sometimes at my job because I want to come in, get things done, make sure everything's prepared, and then leave. I have like soup, soup in a sandwich or something for 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 lunch. But I just try to keep everything pretty balanced. I avoid sweets because I I, I have been in the past a borderline diabetic. Me too. Oh my goodness, Subhanallah. Yeah. Me. <laughs> yeah, so it's very, it's very, and that's one of the reasons that I'm with the nutrition company that I'm with. I found them by accident um, oh, at my one? first uh, F2C Nutrition. I um, I found them. Well, nothing's by accident. We all know that it was written at ITU World, my first ITU World Championship experience, and I was just talking with the owner, and I was telling him the products that I was using work well, but you know, two or three days after each race, I I was sick because my blood sugar was completely out of whack. And, you know, he asked me to try his stuff and I was a little bit, you know, eh, whatever at first, but literally in the middle of the race and never do this, anybody, I trashed my nutrition and I took the on-course nutrition and I felt great. And I've been using them ever since. And I have no problem being an ambassador and being sponsored by them because it's a product that, I believe in. I would if they didn't sponsor me, I would still use their products. They make amazing products. They teach us about not just using the products, but our overall nutrition and how to stay healthy. And it's 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 a brand I'm proud of, and it's a nutrition that I can say that I use, and I would use it no matter what. So. And what is that called again? F2C Nutrition. F2C. So I race with a product called Glycodurin, and the company is F2C Nutrition. And I'll make a shameless plug. You can use my discount code. It's Khadija15 to get a 15% <laughs> discount. But yeah, it's a, it's a great company. And the people who run the company, they're just, they're amazing people. They're really just genuine. Everything will be in the show notes, guys. So I'll link it if you missed that out. And that's mm-hmm. so cool. That's actually one of the questions to be asked. But before that question... In your own experience while training and racing, as a proud woman in hijab, what obstacles have you experienced or overcome with the hijab on? The main thing has been gear. I have been almost pulled out of courses because they're saying that as a non-wetsuit race, you can't race fully covered. Even just as recent as last year at nationals, an official who wasn't aware of the rules on the books tried to DQ me. We had to go to the head official and say, hey. And the funny thing was when the head official walked up and the official who DQ'd me was standing there, the head official knew me. He said, hey, Khadija, how are you doing? And the shock on his face was like, okay, I think I made a mistake. <laughs> I saw I, your stuff on Facebook. Was that it? Yeah. And then oh I, I won't, I won't say the race because I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want one. Yes. I don't want to mention, no, you don't have to. But I have a, a race where I was, I purposely lined up with a friend because we were doing the race together and it wasn't like a qualifying race or anything. I just, it was just a fun race we were doing. The official literally grabbed my arm and told me that I was going to have to go to the back and race with the wetsuit racers. I said, this is an ITU certified kit. I race fully covered. I'm Muslim. And fortunately, once again, I think it was the announcer this time knew me. And he said, that's fine. We know her. She races ITU. And my friend looked at me. She was like, you go through this every race? I was like, well, not every race, but it's not uncommon. So what is an ITU? I don't know that part, actually. That's International Triathlon Union. So you have different types Uh, of branded races. ITU is when you are representing your national federation. Interesting. I'm learning. 
Yeah, so that's when I race uh, as a, a Team USA athlete at ITU races. And what outfit do you wear? Because you mentioned the wetsuit, which is kind of like a lot of people will be like, oh, it's like a bathing suit kind of thing. But what do you wear? It's it's a, a triathlon kit. It's a com- It's mostly spandex and nylon. <laughs> the company that makes my Jason Reinhardt at Peaks Apparel, which is a, a division of a, a company called Exceed, he makes all of my custom kits for me. He made my, my lavender and black Wakanda kit that I wear now. So those are the, the kits that I wear normally. When I race ITU races, I have a kit that was designed for me by Roca, but the uh, Peaks Apparel kits are by far my favorite. They're super comfortable. Jason has really made a commitment to making very nice hijabi triathlon kits committed to the sport of triathlon. And the kits that he's made me, we we sit down and go over the design. I've, and chafing is a big issue with triathletes. I have never chafed in one of his kits. After I race, it looks like I never race. I have no chafing anywhere. I need that. <laughs> but is it available for everyone or just like the free? Yeah, if you, if you, I'll send you his information. If you inbox yes, um, Jason, he, he makes the kits. They're, they're a little, but all kits are pricey. They're a little bit pricey, but they're well worth the money. Oh, by the way, guys, FYI, it is so true. Whether it's running like 5Ks, 10Ks, or triathlon, all of it costs so much money. <laughs> <laughs> The sad reality, like I was talking to another runner, Hijabi, and then she was like, unfortunately, that's just the, like even running, you would think it's a cheap sport, but it's actually like it can be costly. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. And I go through, I go through a pair of shoes every probably about eight weeks. Yeah. Well, if you don't mind sending me the information, I, I'll add in the show notes mm-hmm. and then I can share it too. Yeah. So that reminds me of the next question, which will be interesting to talk about. So you and I have this really strong believe which i love to share with our audience as an asia sport hijab ambassador can you share with us why it is important to choose which company to become an ambassador to i love asia sport because of their mission yes they donate hijabs to young muslim women who want to be in sports but don't necessarily have gear to wear and they're in it for the long haul they made and they're Muslim women themselves. They've made a commitment to us that is never going to go away. I think some of these other companies, it's just, it's a fad. Yeah. Um, it's something to, <laughs> and the funny thing is I was, I did a, a, a hijab review with Runner's World. And the funny thing was, and I explained to her at the beginning, I said, look, I'm going to tell you right now, starting this year, I'm going to be wearing Asiya hijabs. I'm biased, but I tried to, I definitely, I went into it with an open mind because some of the hijabs I'd never worn before, even the athletes who were sponsored by other people, whether they said it online or live or not, they all said that Asiya hijab was the best. So not only are they committed to us, they make the best product out there. The first time I raced in it was in Havana, Cuba. I ran out of transition and wallahi, I touched my head because I swore I thought I had taken my hijab off. But it didn't come off. I know I it have was one. so it's cool. Comfortable. Well, I told them about it. They said, thank you for your feedback. We'll take it into consideration. They also, like, I have one of them that sports hijab, I believe. Mm-hmm. And for me personally, it was just, like, tied on my ear. So, like, my ear kind of, kind of, like, showed. It was just, like, awkward. However, mm-hmm. since I do wear Amira hijabs, I have the undercover. But mm-hmm. I... Do I do the undercover 
And then the Asiya hijab is like the overcover, like the Emirates mm-hmm. type. But it's so nice because, you know, it's sweaty and all of it. It's, yeah. Yeah, the but they're, they're, they're amazing. And they, they made me a custom Team USA hijab. And so cute. Yeah. And it's, it, I'm very, I'm, I don't have a ton of sponsors, but the ones that I have, I'm very proud of. A comfort zone soaps, which is funny. They're like a soap company, but she makes a product called runner's rub and then she makes bath bombs most people just get the bath bombs because they smell good and they do smell amazing but she makes them with all natural products and they literally they take the soreness out of your muscles and that runner's rub is it's excellent for sore muscles as well um if i have like you know a little tinge in my quads or my hamstrings i'll put that on before i go run and that crazy but what asper cream rub or whatever some people use it doesn't have it it smells great she makes the best and she makes all of it by hand that's so cool so what is it called again runner's rub the runner's rub it's by comfort zone dopes I, i can send you the link to that too as a matter of fact all of the all of the companies i'm sponsored by are on my my website and okay. the discount codes are out there as well but i'll send them to you as well but i'm the thing is i'm it's easy because i use the products that they sell i'm proud of the products that they sell the people that run the companies are amazing and even if I didn't even if I wasn't sponsored by them, I would use their products that I would use. And I think if if you're an athlete who wants to be sponsored, don't look to just be sponsored. Really look at products that you already use and that you believe in. And then it's easy. So I do. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So that's like my next question. But before I ask, mm-hmm. I just ordered my ICS swim hijab. And I yes, cannot I love wait. Them. Yeah, I cannot wait to like test it out and like give a testimony about it. For someone like me or anyone, like an athlete or an influencer who's interested to represent a company that aligns with my their mission, our mission, our vision, what recommendations are you able to share to become an ambassador of that company or brand? Some of the companies have like an open season. I know for triathlon, it's usually like October to December. You'll see maybe the adverts on Instagram and Facebook. Or if it's a company that you're interested in, just let them know you're interested. And sometimes they'll they'll write you back or they'll say, oh, our open season is this period of time. And you'll get no's. And that's fine. But shouldn't if it's a, if it's a product that you believe in, then it, it doesn't really matter. I mean, you'll you probably want to use it anyway. And maybe that's just, you know, Allah's way of leaving it open for you to try something different, you know. And before we wrap up one more time, how when do you fit training in your schedule? Is it before work, during work, after work? Well, because of my schedule with my children, they have to be to the bus stop at like 630 in the morning. Oh my and God. I'm, Yeah, I'm, and I am not a morning person. I know that sounds crazy coming from a triathlete. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so I, I try to get to work um, as early as I can. I'm fortunate to be able to work from home two days a week. So I get my, my work done as early as I can, spend some time with my kids. And when everybody else is watching TV and relaxing, I'm training. I generally, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm able to train a little bit early because like I said, I take, they, there's a park near my house that my two youngest children love to play at. So I do 
do my speed work there while they're playing. But most of my training happens between eight and midnight on the weekdays. Friday, I try to do a light day and get to bed early. And then I do my weekend training as early as possible so I can spend the, because they're usually in a coma till about 10 or 11. So I can, <laughs> I can, I can get back home before they even realize I've gone anywhere and, you know, spend the weekends with them. That is That's, so yeah. inspiring and like, Mel, give me the strength because it's like, I'm just like, wow. <laughs> It's, amazing. It's, it's, it's difficult and it's it's a delicate balance. You just have to recognize when it's not, you have to make sure you understand your body enough to know it's not just you saying, I don't feel like training, or is it your body saying, you know what, you're tired, really need to go to bed instead of getting this extra hour of riding in or whatever. Yeah. So sometimes our bodies will just automatically like shut down no matter how much our brain will tell us to work out. Just for the listeners out there, like you need to listen to your body as much as you can. So are there any questions that I should have asked, but I didn't? I can't think of anything. I just in, encourage people, not not necessarily triathlon, but to find their passion, to find something that makes you feel alive, that makes you want to give back to to others. If somebody had told me before 2012 that this is what I'd be doing, I would have called them a liar. <laughs> I've I've literally been able to travel all over the country, travel all the world racing. It's become my platform to share Islam and to share a bit of who I am with other people. And I think people should focus on finding their passion, not being like anybody else. I think I heard an athlete say at the NCAA championships, oh, uh, they told me I had big shoes to fill, but I let them know I've come with my own shoes. Oh, yeah. That's it. That it's it's important to realize that I don't I don't want to be like any other athlete. I don't want any other athlete to try to be like me. Be who you are, and 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 recognize in doing that sometimes you will have no choice but to be first. I didn't go out saying, "Oh, I want to be the first Muslim woman to be on the U.S. long course triathlon team, first Black woman to be on the U.S." I I didn't go out with that intention. I went out with the intention of being the best athlete that I can be. And I remember seeing at a race, well, they have their names on their rear end. How did that happen? You know, <laughs> I mean, literally, this is how it happened. And I was like, I want to do that. And like, well, they're on the U.S. team. I'm like, well, how do you do that? You know, and that's that's kind of how the whole quest to be on the U.S. team started. I really, I just, I love, I love triathlon and I'm just, I'm following my passion and I'm having a great time and I'm trying to drag as many people along with me for the fun That'll come with me. Inshallah. Well, first of all, thank you, Angela Kalakhir, for being an inspiring leader, woman, and mother to like so many, well, obviously your kids, but to all <laughs> of us, <laughs> especially me, because that's like one of my goals to actually do an actual triathlon. And I have someone in my local community who's like has been winning so many like races and stuff. And it's just so inspiring. So thank you and keep it up. You're welcome. And so where can someone stay in contact with you? I'm on Facebook. If you type in Khadija Triathlete or Trigamalite, I will come up on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter, but I don't tweet that much. There's too much just depressing stuff on Twitter right now. So I don't do Twitter that much, but I love Instagram and I love Facebook and I love to crack jokes. So you'll, you see, even like when I was talking about, you know, listening she to does. my 30, <laughs> my, my 30 minute nap taking four hours. That was, that was my body saying 30 minutes was just not enough. <laughs> 
So yeah, mostly mostly Instagram and, and Facebook I like to be on. And I do have a, a YouTube channel. I have some some pretty cool videos about triathlon and nutrition out there. And um, my my of course my website is out there as well. You can get some discount codes for hijabs, nutrition, and some really great smelling soaps and bath bombs. Yum. I mean, sounds good. <laughs> yeah, and she does. She has a new chocolate, a chocolate soap. And what? I know oh how gosh. meticulous she is. I know her whole house smells like fudge. I know that it. so cool. You guys, don't forget to tag us on social media, Be Fit for Akhira and Khadija Triathlete. And Khadija, one last question. Do you actually take people like clients or people who are interested to like improve their training? Do you offer services like that? Well, no, I I am not a coach. I do I did mentor a young lady this year to her first triathlon. She was an amazing athlete to start with. She did really well in her first triathlon, and I was completely honored. She came to Ironman Ohio just to support me at my race, and I was just completely thrilled. You can see her in all the videos. You can hear her hollering, "Go Kadija, go Kadija!" After the experience of mentoring, it was really great. I do intend to get my coaching certificate, but I do not, I'm not a coach, but I do intend to get my coaching certificate. And I do as part of just giving back because so many people have given to me every year. I plan to try to mentor somebody. I want to do, Tracy, we did it remotely, but I do want to try to do someone local next year so we can have that one-on-one time and, you know, just kind of do things to in, in person together. But yeah, that's that's something that's that's coming. I do so, do public speaking as well. I have done quite a bit of public speaking. So and I cannot wait to meet you in person, do a triathlon <laughs> with you and then further collaborations, inshallah. 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 So thank you so much for your time. Have a wonderful night. It is night here. And you guys, FYI, she trained before this and she's gonna continue training after this call so yeah i'm about to get on the bike <laughs> thank you for your precious time and thank you for having me thank you for tuning in if you've enjoyed this episode make sure to subscribe today and leave a five-star review you can also screenshot and share this episode with a family or a friend be strong be fit be fit for akhirah Oh,